Hi, I'm Luke. I'm Kaylin. And this, and this is, is Death Row Dialogue. Okay, well, we have 750 views, or listens, or downloads, or whatever you would like to call it. That's still a lot, I yeah, think. that's crazy. We're so close to 1,000, which is crazy for me to comprehend. Yeah, I mean, it's been two months. Yeah, roughly two months. It's no time at all. It's a lot of plays. So, we got another review and says, I love your podcast. I look forward to my drive into work every Tuesday morning listening to the new weekly episode. And that is from Allison and Wesley's mom. I know who it is, but if that's how she wants <laughs> to say it, that's how she can say it. Everyone will know her as Allison and Wesley's mom. Yeah, thanks for the review. Thank you, everyone, for reviewing us. It helps get our podcast out there, and it helps encourage people to listen. So, thank you all so much. We are still waiting for someone from Arizona to listen. We are so close to having every somebody from every 50 states listen to us. We're, like, I want to say, like, 10 states away. Right. Which is also crazy to me to think about. That means... 40 states have listened to us. And it's also insane because, like, one that you would never think you would get would be, like, Alaska. And that one's totally doable for us. My brother lives in Alaska, and he refuses to listen. Wow. And I'm like, just play it. He just once. Let him be the last person. Come on. I'll just reach out to someone else in Alaska. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bypass my brother. So, do you have any other announcements or anything? Uh, I'm ready to get into it. Okay. So, we are on number 14. And number 14 was Rudy Esquivel. And here is a little synopsis of what happened. So, on June 8th in 1978, Officer Timothy Hearn and Murray Jordan of the Houston Police Department Narcotics Division had received information that Esquivel possessed heroin it was him and i believe it said that two prostitutes were hanging around outside of this restaurant and after the officers had received this tip that he had heroin they were doing some surveillance on the area that he was known to be in so they approached him and they were attempting to search him when he pulled out a pistol and shot the officer that was searching him which was officer jordan and then continued to shoot and shot Officer Timothy Heron after they had already like announced themselves as police officers. So he shot Officer Heron and Officer Heron died. And Esquivel tried to say that it was self-defense. Wow. So um, Officer Timothy Heron had been with the Houston Police Department for three and a half years in their narcotics division. He was 28 years old, and he was known to be a bright, friendly person who did a lot of leadership things in the department. And um, there was also mention of him going to state with his basketball team when he was in high school. And I got that information from the Officer Down Memorial page. And, you know, just like all the other officers, there are a lot of reflections on him that are as recent as, I think, last year that people go post on there. So... Um, Rudy Esquivel was 42 at the time 
that this happened. And he tried to say that it was self-defense because he said that the officers were planting the heroin on him. So, but he had a criminal record dating back to 1953, which would have been about when he was in his teens, late teens. And he got 99 years for participating in a gang rape in 1953. So when he was 17, he gang raped a woman that was on her way to church. And he served 11 out of those 99 years. For whatever reason. How did, how, how did he get sentenced 99 years and then only serve 11? Because it's that whole good behavior, get out early, get a parole... So he was on parole for that when this crime happened. Right. And that was 20 years after he got out. Maybe he had to do parole for the rest of his life. I'm not sure. Still, it's like he's he's doing heroin or something. Yeah. So I mean, is he... His parole doesn't seem to matter. Well, I don't know how structured the parole was in 78. That's what I'm thinking. And also... You know, officers do get shot, but I feel like they've learned a lot and they're getting better every day at how to handle these situations Mm -hmm. Uh, and like going as a team and having each other's back. So hopefully one day we can, uh, you know, protect our officers and we don't have to have them dead. Well, and... So that wasn't his only past criminal history. He was also on parole for a crime that happened in California where he assaulted a police officer and had a charge for forgery. So I don't know what happened for this guy to slip through the cracks, you know, to where he did this violent, you know, assault on a woman. He assaulted a police officer and he's on parole for both of them. But now he gets to be back in society and... Do heroin and... Kill police officers. So, I'm not sure exactly how he slipped through for this to transpire. But, um, so... He was relatively calm throughout his whole execution. Like, there were multiple comments. There were people who were like, I've never seen somebody be so calm while they're up for execution. How many people have they seen up for execution? Well, the person that was saying that was, like, the warden, Hmm. who has now gone through, like, 14. Yeah. And he was saying that this is the calmest that he's ever seen them. Like, he was just laying there, like, breathing calm, ready to go, basically. Um, But he was trying to say that he was convicted because they... Because Hispanics were excluded from the jury... And I think that this was just because um, shortly before the trial, I think a few months before, the Supreme Court in Kentucky had ruled that there was that jurors could not be disqualified due to race. So um, I think he was kind of like, oh, this just happened. So it's like a big deal. So I'm going to go ahead and say that they did this to me. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what a lot of his appeals were based on was him there was no hispanics on the jury i don't know how mixed the jury was but i know that he said there was no hispanics and tried to say that when they paneled the jury that they left off the hispanics for a reason but the court came back with a lot of evidence saying we jured this many people 
and we both chose. It wasn't just the prosecution that chose. So if your prosecutor or if your um, defense attorney thought this was an issue, then he could have chose Hispanics to be on his side. Yeah. So I know that was his big thing that he was trying to say the court did to him, to attack him. So, um, let's see. He, Wouldn't the appeal go to the judge that put him on, that did the trial? Well, the appeals can go to multiple different judges. Or if they go past the regular court, they can go to the Supreme Court. Mm. So, but he had had um, three pe- previous execu- uh, execution dates that were stayed. Mm. So, they took a lot of time to look at... Everything. Yes. And, like, he was executed um, in 86, and the crime was in 78. So, eight years. He was on death row, and we've seen people come through much faster. Yeah. So, they had a lot of time to look through and go through all the evidence and make sure that it wasn't biased. Right. So, um... His last meal was a fried chicken breast, corn on the cob, french fries, a jalapeno pepper, and a pecan pie. It never said he had a drink. Maybe he just had water. (laughs) It's a lot of... I'm just... That's just a lot of food and a jalapeno pepper with no drink. What if he choked? That would be interesting. Before he's executed. Um, So, his last words were, Goodbye to all my friends. Be cool. Thank you for being my friends. Give my love to everybody. And that was it. Be cool. Yeah. Just, I don't know. All the last words are so disappointing. Yeah. And I, I don't know. There's been maybe one who's I felt like was actually sorry. Mm-hmm. And then all these other ones are... Well, it's just... You know, how many times can convicts cry wolf that they were set up? You know, and the people that are not being set up, but are being, you know, um, what's the word? Like, convicted when they're guilt or innocent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there are pe- that people that that happened to, but they're not even being taken seriously because all of these people that it's obvious that they did it mm. are trying to say this happened. Yeah. So, it kind of, it's been it's an injustice to the actual innocent people. Right. So, that's all I have for you. It's just a little mini episode. All right. Well, who was that? That was Rudy Esquivel. Rudy Esquivel. Mm-hmm. The fourteenth. The fourteenth. We're on to the fifteenth. All right. We will talk to y'all next time. Thanks for listening. And we'll see y'all at number 15. Bye. Bye.